Ukrainians are under attack, young and old, in hospitals and kindergartens, in their cars, or in their beds. No Ukrainian is safe in this unjust war. Their courage and resilience is the stuff of legend, but they should not have to fight this war alone. They need our help. This is Adrian Petro, and I invite you to join me at YVR Screen Scene for Ukraine, a gala evening in support of humanitarian efforts in Ukraine that will take place at VIF Center in Vancouver on March 30th. Experience Ukrainian food, a performance by Bandura musician Rutyani, and a special screening of Maidan, Belarusian filmmaker Sergei Loznitsya's powerful documentary about the revolution of dignity that took place in Kyiv in the winter of 2013 and 2014. I'm hosting, alongside my dear friend Sabrina Rani Furminger. Tickets are $25 and available at eventbrite.ca. All money raised from YVR Screen Scene for Ukraine ticket sales will be donated to the Ukraine Humanitarian Appeal, established by the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and the Canada-Ukraine Foundation. The need is great. The onus is on us to help. We can make a difference. Slava Ukraini! Heroim Slava! This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today, today I am delighted. I'm even well chuffed to welcome Ryan Beal to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Now, regular listeners to the podcast, which I've just discovered Ryan is not, uh, know that it is one of my dreams to venture into a television writer's room. Well, the new CBC podcast, Let's Make a Sci-Fi, brings me closer than I've ever been before. And I'm grateful because not only is it informative, but it's funny, and Lord knows I could use an informative laugh right now. We all could. So here's the premise for Let's Make a Sci-Fi. Three Vancouver comedians, Ryan Beale, Maddie Kelly, and Mark Chavez, set out to write a successful non-comedy sci-fi pilot with help from scientific experts and Hollywood screenwriting pros, including big, big names like Rain Wilson, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know I'm laughing, but it's like, come on, he did this podcast. That's amazing. District 9 director Neil Blomkamp and friends of this podcast, like Jem Garrard, Simon Davis-Berry, and Catherine Winder. The trio overcome challenges such as developing their story world, plot, characters, and just the science of it all as they prepare their pilot script for the ultimate test a performance by professional actors, for better or worse. If it sounds bonkers and awesome, that's because it is. It's both of those things. It's a study of writers' rooms and how sci-fi is put together and what works and what doesn't. And even though they're not trying to write a comedy, 
Let's make a sci-fi is, as I have mentioned before, it is funny because the audacity of inventing universes and ships and characters is kind of hilarious, especially when these three, these three comedians, comedians set out to do it. Good Lord, I need a little funny right now. All right, Ryan Beale. Welcome to this podcast that you've never heard of before. The Wild like Train Scene Podcast. I like, I've heard, I'd like to characterize myself as a new listener. A new... And all, all it took was me being on it. That's all it takes for me to listen to a podcast is for me to be a guest. And then I'm a lifelong fan. Okay. Okay, yeah. great. Well, um, welcome to the fandom. Also, that was a heck of an introduction. Well, that was really good. I've got goosebumps. I, yeah, well, that's... That is what I, that's what I was setting out to do, you know. I wanted to give you a taste of what you've been missing. Um, okay, there's something so audacious about what it is that the three of you set out to do. And as a longtime fan of sci-fi myself, I was a little bit, before I heard your, your introduction in the pilot, I was like, who the hell do these people think they are? Comedians try to make a sci-fi pilot. They don't know anything about sci-fi. Well, you do know about sci-fi because you do love sci-fi, as you mentioned. But wh what the hell, Ryan? Explain yourself. Yeah, how dare we? It is audacious. <laughs> it's a stunt. It's a big, fun stunt. And the reason why is because I think, you know, writing anything is hard, but science fiction is, like, so hard to pull off. And at the same time, it can be really easy to make fun of. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that was the sort of like the dichotomy we found as a bunch of comedians trying to like take ourselves seriously, the genre seriously, and the process seriously to really try to write something that we weren't sending up, that we weren't making a spoof. But yeah, yeah. it was definitely, you know, um, and I think you'll see like uh, there's a ton of failure in our pilot. So uh, that's the fun, right? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, crashes in the burning. That's what people like. I, I love that. Okay, so before we talk about the crashing and the burning and also yes. the soaring moments, mm -hmm. what is your history with sci-fi? Uh, so I was a little Star Trek nerd for most of my high school existence, all of my high school existence. Yeah. Uh, TNG, also Deep Space Nine. Love Deep Space Nine too. Had a little bit of a uh, Voyager. You know, just a Star Trek guy. That was what I always was, a Star Trek guy. My brother was a Star Wars person. I was a Star Trek person. You didn't feel like you could be both? I don't, I don't uh, maybe my brother kind of gate, gate kept it a little bit from me. There was definitely yeah. a line in the sand. An older I, brother? I, older brother, but I also- Oh yeah, we, as older siblings do that. You're like, yeah. I like this and you can you like, like it. You like that, and yeah. these are our identities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I, always, I also just preferred Star Trek. I like to like sit down and discuss things with uh, an alien creature as opposed to break down the door and shoot up the place. You know and what I mean? And pew pew. So yeah. who, I mean, I do- I like to talk specifics of things. Yeah. Who were your favorite characters? What was your favorite season? Which Riker did you like? Bearded, non-bearded, high collar, low collar? Oh gosh. Well, listen. Uh, <laughs> my favorite character was Doctor Pulaski. No, I'm. Uh, my favorite character. Whoa! Was, uh, You're yeah, not serious, are you? No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not serious. That's a deep cut. I mean, uh, Pulaski was a sort of she's a fine stopgap between uh, our Gates, our lovely Gates McFadden. She sucks. She was mean to Data. She, well, she called him Data. <laughs> Yeah. Remember? Yeah. She didn't and like it. But, but didn't she come around in the end and like, I've come to think you're actually, like everyone does, you're the most human of us all in the end. Still uh, bullshit. Worf, still hater. Worf. Worf. I was a big Worf guy. Love Worf and his, uh, his character trajectory. Um, I always uh, got a big kick out of uh, just, <laughs> just like the crazy sort of... Uh, pain in like and like of a Klingon rituals like and that was like something he liked like that you know that stabbing <laughs> ritual that he yeah. liked and everything stuff like that and just his 
you know, just that he's so just trying to be a Klingon in a human world. Uh, I love that sort of. <laughs> oh, Worf, the, yeah. the episode where they go to like the Sherwood Forest thing and he's oh, like, sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. That's still, <laughs> oh, I, yes. I, I think I have a t-shirt somewhere. So you, you came to this then with love yes. in your heart for sci-fi. Yes. What about your, your compatriots in this journey? I think both. Maddie and Mark both had, uh, like, Ma Maddie's, uh, Maddie's uh, sci-fi kink, I don't know, well, thing was Doctor Who. And mm. Mark, is, Mark isn't even, like, super, like, kind of the super nerd of the group. He, like, he was uh, Isaac Asimov, you know, uh, like, oh. the written word of science fiction, which was helpful. Yeah, very highbrow, yes. Yeah. But I actually introduced Mark to Next Generation. We once went on a writing retreat, and I made him watch, like, ten episodes of Next Generation, and we got very little work done. But... Uh, I did bring him on to the side of it. It's, I love, I just love TNG. I could talk about it all day. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe this is a spinoff podcast that you and I need to have. Yeah. T just, uh, let's talk about TNG podcast. <laughs> um, so I don't even know where to start with yeah. you because I, as I say, it's so audacious. Why did you do this? Mm -hmm. like, wh wh like, where did this idea come from? This idea has been kicking around. Um, uh, one of the, our producer, a production company, Kelly and Kelly. One of the Kellys is Pat Kelly. Yes. Uh, you might remember him from uh, CBC's This Is That. Yeah. Uh, and, Kelly uh, and Kelly, they're amazing. They're amazing. Creators. Amazing creators, amazing for this city, what they do, and mm -hmm. like uh, the, the stuff, the type of work they brought in, all on the audio front. They're a podcast sort of house. But um, Pat Kelly had had this idea for a long time that he's kicking around, like he, because he, he would love to see three comedians trying to write a sci-fi because he finds science fiction. He, he was not coming at it from a place of love, I don't think. He finds science fiction insufferable. He describes all sci-fi as like ray guns and aliens and stuff like that, even though it's so much deeper. But that so, was always his. And then it clearly he's never watched Battlestar Galactica. Hello. <laughs> God, what a loser. Uh, but then it got in the hands of the, me and the other Kelly, Chris Kelly, and we were like, this would actually, let's like really push this into something a little bit deeper. Not to say that Pat Kelly isn't deep. Actually, you can keep that in. Pat Kelly's not deep. <laughs> teasing, teasing. Uh, and, then, and then we just, you know, sh uh, uh, shopped it to CBC, and CBC said, I like this. And that's how it happened. But it was like always in the back of someone's mind for many years. Do you know what I love about that ideas. too? I love CBC. I have a lot of nostalgia wrapped up with CBC. CBC does not make sci-fi, at least not in this moment, you yeah. know? So yeah. I, I like the idea that like, I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, are they doing this podcast because they want to make a sci-fi? And would that be, be so? Yes, it would be. Anyway, put a pin in that for the future because I'm yeah. hopefully like that's like a sci-fi Canadian thing that's going to happen. So what, what do you think are some of the big misconceptions that you personally brought to this process? Uh, mis like my own personal misconceptions about yeah, like, science about fiction. how to make a sci-fi. Okay, my biggest misconception was, or at least what I thought was going to happen going in, was like we're going to like sit down and like craft this like cool world, this like 360 degree world with its own rules, and and it's going to be so awesome. And like that's all well and good, but when you're right, like, it's sci-fi. Good sci-fi is still about people doing things. You know what I mean? Or characters mm. rather. Do, moving us through story. And if you don't have that, uh, you don't really have anything, if you're, especially if you're trying to write a script. So my biggest misconception was how much time we should spend on like making an intricate sci-fi world um, and then sort of realizing we're r rapidly running out of time to 
make an interesting sci-fi at all because we had like very little story to hang that world on or to have that uh, have happened within our world. So that was my biggest misconception. Yeah, and Neil Blomkamp I, was was an individual uh, filmmaker uh, behind uh, District Nine and Chappie, who um, I, I won't give spoilers about what he said, but he definitely helped you uh, oh, yeah. in that journey, talking about uh, an experience that he had uh, pitching. Um, what well, was a big screen adaptation of a video game mm -hmm. uh, universe? Okay, so what are some of the then the revelations, the joys like that you had? You know, like was there anything about making sci-fi and putting this all together that that was just so fun and maybe even more fun than you were expecting? Uh, yeah, drawing the spaceship. Um... <laughs> These are things that I did, like I did with my kid. <laughs> like, like, let's draw a spaceship when she was five. It's so fun. It is fun. It is fun. Yeah, draw yeah. a spaceship. Let your imagination go. Um, you know, it sounds corny, but yeah, like, like, just like, imagination is like limitless and it's so fun and like, just that like science fiction can be anything, you know what I mean? And like, it can be, it can exist anywhere because it's just the, it's the... The just like the, it's about the po it's about possibility. It's what's possible. What if anything's possible, then it can be science fiction. You know what I mean? It's just like it's that's how it, the difference between it and fantasy. But it can just like go anywhere and be anything. And the pitching process, I just was was so fun to hear ten pitches that are all science fiction pitches from each of my uh, compatriots. And mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. beyond like what was good and what was bad and what was funny, it was just like ah oh, man, science fiction is so cool because it can be so many different things. It doesn't have to be what you normally think of, which is just like ray guns, ray guns aliens, <laughs> <laughs> doors that slide open. Yeah, so yes, exactly. I love that part. Now, what about, I mean, you said that sci-fi can be anything. What about comedians? Like, is this, did you, was, did you learn anything from this about what comedians can do? What you with a caught, what co creative people with comedy backgrounds can do? It, yeah, I mean, like, we, it, it was really hard to, to like, to not make jokes. Mm. Uh, it's it really hard to, and also then, like, we found in the, in the writing room, like, how do we know when we're done with a scene? Because usually we sort of, we write, most all of us write comedy, pretty much that's what we do. And when we're writing comedy, we get a laugh and it's like, okay, well that's something that's done for now. We can move on to the next thing, it's funny. But there's no like involuntary response to like what's good or interesting or whatever. And we're sort of like, I guess this is it. So, I mean, it was just a really, uh, I don't know what, what I discovered about comedians through that, uh, but it was just sort of an interesting different part of the brain to flex, you know, writing something that's earnest. So, but um, I think, I, I think it's also, it's really like the other, like so the science fiction I love, like Star Trek is funny. Like there's jokes in it that's funny. It's not, not just stuff that we point and laugh at, but there's like Star Wars has laugh out loud moments, you know, mm -hmm. at least the original theory, whatever the fuck. But, but, um, <laughs> but there's... <laughs> But wow, so, like, yeah. so yeah, triggered also... from your relationship with your brother. Oh my God. <laughs> now you just laugh I'm at Star Wars. I'm sending a copy of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> but I guess, it's yeah. True, just, it's um... part of it because it's part of the human experience. Totally. Laughter is part of the, the earnest human experience, right? And sci-fi in the end is about the human experience, but like in space with ray guns and sliding exactly. doors. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
What about writing writers' rooms? Uh, for years, like I've had, I've had Simon Barry on the show. I've had Dennis Heaton. Um, I, I've had Brent Butt. Like I'm, I'm like, tell me what goes on in a writers' room. So what, what are some of the, the, the qualities that that you have discovered are necessary uh, to really like be part of, to contribute to, and to run, you know, a a fruitful writers' room? Yeah, I think um, for us we we definitely needed like we, part of the experiment and something we would go back and change is like ha having someone to make the final decision because mm. this our our kind of experiment was going to be we're just going to start from nothing and all of us are going to look kind of just this democratic way and that in the end like led to maybe us going down rabbit holes we didn't need to go down for way too long mm -hmm. um and I, I think the other thing which is really obvious is like like the best idea wins yeah. And you can't be defensive about when like someone criticizes, like obviously if someone's a jerk, a legitimate jerk in any part of human society and is mean about something, then that's another issue. But generally speaking, if someone takes your idea, thinks about it and gives some critiques or tells you why it doesn't work or why it's not as good as another idea, you kind of have to be able to let that roll off of you and just sort of focus on where the good idea is going, which yeah. is really hard. I, I find it like very difficult. You know, all my ideas are precious little babies. Yeah, and I was rooting for some of your ideas. I, I was, I won't say them on the podcast, but the, oh, with the mer people, I was like thank really you. into that idea. Yeah. That was well, that, I, that idea may live on because I've refused to <laughs> let anything go. But I think just like not being, being open, and just like best idea wins, you know? Yeah. Not, not, I don't even think about it as winning because we're all trying to write something that we want people to like. And so you just have to have to, have to hang up the ego in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't want to give too many spoilers. Like, as I say, like I'm, I'm ob trying to obliquely reference things because the podcast is the, is the, oh, thank you. Um, you don't know this, but I've released 212 episodes so far. So I know I've done now. this once or twice. Yeah, you know now, cause you're my biggest fan now. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, so I'm trying to obliquely refer, but uh, there is, uh, I believe it's in, in the first episode, um, this like sequence that where you guys spend like 24 hours watching sci-fi stuff. And like, it, it takes like five minutes in the podcast, but can you talk a little bit more about the, like what you were watching and the discoveries that you were making and how we you were some fueling yourself? Hilarious <laughs> We watched some hilarious bad sci-fi, which mm -hmm. is like part of it, like because like to sort of and some actually a Canadian sci-fi from way back in the seventies called The Star Lost, which I anyways <sighs> never I, heard of that. Yeah, yeah, never heard of it at all. But it was such a revelation. But it was it was also I love watching uh, beautiful old bad television, especially from the late seventies, early eighties. I mean, it's just the the whole everything about it <laughs> from clearly on a soundstage to uh, weird costume choices to whatever what have you so we watched we watched that i mean maddie tried to introduce us to doctor who which i had never really i'd always felt a little bit um doctor who seems daunting to me because there's so i want to show you doctors. something oh you got a doctor yeah. who you got a telephone box i don't have a telephone box here but i do have this painting hey, of hey, um hey. the 10th doctor this is okay. i'm in my kitchen like this is hanging I on my wall that. that's a yeah. beautiful painting Oh, oh, thank you so much. I, I mean, I bought it. I didn't paint it. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Who's daunting because there are like, I think almost like a thousand episodes at this point. There are yeah. like more than a dozen doctors. So which doctor did you meet then? Was it this guy, David Tennant? No, it wasn't doctor? that doctor. With the, it was a curly hair. We met Liz, like a curly haired doctor. Oh, you went uh, old school. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. Uh, the, it looked pretty new. The doctor had curly hair. <laughs> 
Is there a newer doctor with curly Wait, hair? Wait, was he like an older man? Like, no, like he was kind of youngish. With curly hair. Maybe it was that guy. I'm sorry. It was, uh, it was all a blur. Were you? So I see. So she, she tried to inter introduce you to she Doctor Who. She tried to introduce. It didn't stick. Jeez. I'm still, I remain daunted by <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what was the, the main revelation that you took from that? Honestly, that whole experience made me be like, I want to I intentionally like take 24 hours and just like that, watch like, all my favorite stuff. I think it got the uh, it kind of got our joke bug out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's also like a good way to run the gamut because, like, we just wanted to make jokes all the time, and we do make a lot of jokes. It's a, it is a funny podcast. We make fun of ourselves, make fun of each other, sure. But like to to do the writing to actually like get down, like, okay, we're gonna write a story now, write a sci-fi. I think we needed to just sort of get it out of our system, all the things we wanted to make each other giggle about and bring up and stuff like that. So I think it was a good wringing of the sponge on the joke front. Uh, Revelations, just like, man, there's a lot of science fiction. There's a ton of science fiction. It's a river that existed long before you and long after you, and you're jumping right in the middle of it kind of thing. And it feels, well, daunting. So I think that was also like, for me, it just like, it was just fun to sort of uh, joke around. And uh, and and injured. and like I like I like showing people TNG episodes regardless of, of yeah, the situation. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so you had a lot of help uh, mm -hmm. on this journey. Um, we mentioned uh, Rain Wilson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Jem, Neil, yes. Simon, Catherine, uh, and long long list list of others. Um, give me some memorable moments from those conversations. Oh man. Oh, there's so, I mean like, well, Simon, Simon Barry was hilarious because he dropped a real bomb on us. It was fun to, it was like, it was like the air went out of the room type situation Yeah. Uh, as far as like where we were at. And I, again, don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's Simon Barry. Simon Barry was lovely. Simon Barry had great stories like the Spielberg story. Who doesn't love a Spielberg story? You yeah. Know, that's great. And, and uh, Simon is helming. Uh, I mean, he's helmed a lot of, a lot of so shows, but he is currently, you know, the showrunner of one of the, the biggest sci-fi shows on, on Netflix, right? Warrior Nun. He's been on the podcast a couple of times so, so he cool. he knows what he's talking yeah. about you got to take it shit yeah. seriously there's, there's no <laughs> bullshit he's like i smell it a mile away <laughs> keep going so that was i mean that was like a personal revelation and also just love his stories um uh i, I also was like this the i was always i was surprised kind of at like in a way how like positive the scientists were i was sure that all the science type people like the science types were gonna like really shred us apart but they were more concerned with like no let's make this work you know like actually sure there's a way we can we can sort of uh retroactively make that uh, that huh. stupid idea of yours into something that could actually fit into science neil was a bit tougher mr dr tyson rather uh <laughs> he was a bit tougher on us but that was that was a much to our delight too we kind of wanted him to you want i mean if anybody you want to be tough on I would, you i would love to you know what i love though about when i think when i reflect on that about the scientists and what, what you're saying it's i would imagine that a lot of these scientists grew up watching sci-fi and maybe went into science you know because because asked, it encouraged them to dream right yeah i asked i thought that i asked neil degrasse tyson and he said he he countered he said no what he, he said no and he and i was like what and he was like <laughs> and his his i mean i don't know if he's if this is true or not but he was like most people i know who went into science didn't need science fiction 
because the world is so amazing is already so fascinating anyways and like i I was like oh but that's i thought but then i've also heard lots of people who watch star trek and went into like aerospace so i think neil was just uh Maybe Neil was being a bit contrary because he didn't like Yeah, it. I think so. He's <laughs> <laughs> being a bit obtuse. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So is this a spoiler if I ask you if you're happy of where you ended up or? It's not a spoiler. I, okay. I am happy. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know if something I've written funny or not funny is good. So I, mm. that's not where I'm coming from. I'm not saying like, I am happy because what we created is perfect. I'm happy because we did it. You know what I mean? And like, it was, I just also just so that we never, we just were what we wanted to be, which was really vulnerable. Like we never like kind of went away and went like, okay, like how do we, let's come back and re-record that section and uh, make us all seem smarter. Like, hmm. you know, we were just like fly on the wall, record us writing something. And it's really, it's a, it's a vulnerable place to be because like we would often forget that we were recording and 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 just sort of like get lost in the in the writing process and so i'm just really happy with that that that's how we came out of it and we just we recorded our experience and so i i feel really positive about that so what would a second season of this podcast look like would it be like let's write a hallmark movie let's write a a cowboy film like have you talked about what another genre is we would love to do horror Horror would be fun. Yeah, a rom-com. Rom-com would be like a hallmark. It would be like, I think, an amazing experience, especially because yeah. like the amount of the, the, that action that happens here in Vancouver, you know, it's connected to the, the local scene. Uh, it's a little bit, and also doing a rom-com is like, is that tough enough? Because it has comedy in it. You know what I mean? It's, mm. Part of me wants to be like, let's pick another really audacious pick, you know? A like, day, okay, what would like, be, a, a Western would be a audacious? Western, a spy thriller, I don't know, yeah. like uh, an, an action movie. Action would be hard to do without making it a spoof for us. A I medical think. procedural. Yes, there you go. That would be so difficult, so much jargon. But I'd love yeah. to talk to the doctors. Yeah. 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 That would be great. But that's that's the idea. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully people enjoy it, and there's enough clicks and listens on it that we could tackle another genre and try this crazy experiment again and see what we learned this time. It's I, so I would love that. I could listen to you talk about this kind of stuff all day. I would love to talk to you more about the next generation. Um, okay, so where can? But you're gonna have to come back after you listen to some of my episodes. Damn right. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, support you, and support this this show on all the social meds? All the social meds. So I'm I, the only social meds I'm on personally is Twitter at Ryan Beal. I only need one. I figure I only need the one. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the podcast, uh, you can find the podcast, Let's Make a Sci-Fi, on CBC Listen and like everywhere you get your podcasts, you know, everywhere podcasts are available. And they come out every Tuesday. So there's already three episodes out when we're recording this now. So good. They come out every Tuesday. And then the final episodes where you can actually listen to our script read by real actors, like real God awful, god awful, god honest actors. They're not god awful. No, they're some huge There's ass names and wonderful, stuff. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful yeah. people. Yeah, a lot of talent on, involved with this pod. A lot of people. Alessandro Giuliani, speaking of Battlestar Galactica, oh, you know, yes. and uh, some other beautiful. Um, uh, so that those episodes come out on uh, Tuesday, April twelfth. That's when the final episodes are out. Just to oh wow, your little. Uh, little memory banks everyone and that's that's it that is that all right well thank you mr ryan bill thank you sabrina 
And uh, I'll send you links to the, uh, the two episodes we did with Simon Barry. The rest of you to. can also uh, ch check out our, the footnotes. You'll be able to find links to everything that Ryan referenced. Uh, and um, I will put links to uh, Simon Barry's episodes of the podcast uh, as well. And gems, gem guards. Yeah, All right. Gems. Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah, you're really lucky that you got them too. They're a fantastic director. I've been directed yeah. by Jim. Yeah, I've had a great time. Anyway. That's right. Android employed. Yeah. You were so good. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and then we can keep having conversations like this one. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at yvrscreenscene and at Sabrina. The YBR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger Devolet for the original music. Poor, poor, not Furminger Dane. YBR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut. Ukrainians are under attack, young and old, in hospitals and kindergartens, in their cars or in their beds. No Ukrainian is safe in this unjust war. Their courage and resilience is the stuff of legend, but they should not have to fight this war alone. They need our help. This is Adrian Petro, and I invite you to join me at YVR Screen Scene for Ukraine, a gala evening in support of humanitarian efforts in Ukraine that will take place at VIF Center in Vancouver on March 30th. Experience Ukrainian food, a performance by Bandura musician Rutyani, and a special screening of Maidan, Belarusian filmmaker Sergei Loznitsya's powerful documentary about the revolution of dignity that took place in Kyiv in the winter of 2013 and 2014. I'm hosting alongside my dear friend Sabrina Rani Furminger. Tickets are $25 and available at eventbrite.ca. All money raised from YVR Screen Scene for Ukraine ticket sales will be donated to the Ukraine Humanitarian Appeal, established by the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and the Canada-Ukraine Foundation. The need is great. The onus is on us to help. We can make a difference. Slava Ukraini! Heroim Slava!